Hello, and welcome to our Doctor Who podcast. I'm Addison. And I'm Adina. So this week we are going to be watching the Doctor Who story Marco Polo. This is series one, uh, story four. Yeah. It's made up of six episodes, and all of them are lost. They are lost indeed. They are. There are audio recordings and uh, stills, and there's been great construction work reconstruction work put in to assemble a viewing experience which we will be watching yes it's my first time watching a reconstructed one um i'm not too apprehensive about it it would have been nice to see the original one obviously but this is also this one's regarded as one of the, the tragedies of the lost ones because of how much i believe from my understanding going into it is that it was high budget and they put a lot into sets and things oh, and the, I think this gets referenced in Adventure in Space and Time is that it was like a very colourful set and whatnot but of course uh, it's black and white and then they eventually got lost so a bit of a sad sad affair yeah that's a shame so what do you know about the story? nothing other than the fact that it's lost and that it's um, something to gonna be Marco yeah something to do with Marco Polo which I don't know too much about actually as a, as a figure no, I, I don't personally either so hopefully we're going to know a bit more about him. Indeed. I have seen five episodes. I was doing a... Before we started the podcast, You're I doing was doing a, a bit through. of a watch through myself. And I so was as far on, as you got. As, as far as I got. You did well. You didn't at all. Whether that shows something about the story that I stopped episode five and didn't go back to it. Okay. We shall find out. We shall find out when <laughs> we watch it. I don't remember too much about it. We're going to get through all six of them. We will. We'll let you know. Yeah. We're going to go watch them now and we'll be back to give our review. See you soon. See you soon. Bye. Hello, we're back. We've just finished all seven episodes. Yes, you heard us. Seven. Yeah, we kind of got to the end of episode six and it ended on a cliffhanger. And there turned out to be one more episode. So I was wrong last time. So in my mistake, we have uh, seven to go to instead. Yes, and next time we have checked it is six. It is six. And the last seven time. whole episodes. Right, so got the synopsis from the TARDIS Wikia. I'm not going to read the entire thing because, frankly, it gives away every single thing. It's more of a summary than a synopsis, but I'm going to read the first bit. Um, so we've got arriving in Central Asia in 1289, the Doctor and his companions join the caravan of the famous Venetian explorer Marco Polo as it makes its way from the snowy heights of the Pamir Plateau across the treacherous Gobi Desert and through the heart of Imperial Cathay. And the only other thing we're really going to say from the synopsis is that its um, eventual goal is to get to Kublai Khan and his summer palace in Shangtu. And yes, that's that's basically the synopsis of this. So it's a very big travel one. Very big. Very big. What are your initial thoughts on the the whole story? On the whole story? And I quite enjoyed it. The... the the setting and the exploration thereof was good. There's lots of elements of um, that come to kind of straight from Marco Polo's journal, which was really good to 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 see in the story. I think there's good bits of characterization here and there throughout. Um, I think Susan kind of the problems we kind of had with Susan last week of yeah, she didn't really she was far too childish and just didn't really have much plot, I suppose, other than screaming. This story does correct quite a bit of that, which is quite it's nice. A bit, gives her a bit to do. Yeah, just a bit to do. There's still the screaming, don't get me wrong. There is the still the screaming. There is, that's, I think that's never going to go until she goes. <laughs> until she goes. And then another companion will go along and, uh, and scream. scream some more, just in a slightly different accent. Oh, this, is, this is going to be yes. the whole of the classic era, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Alas, we'll get Alas. used to it. The men don't scream, do they? Well. Or do they? Oh. I don't know, actually. Okay, we'll find out. 
I'm going to go with a no. Probably Jamie screams as he runs into battle. Oh, like a... That's the Scotsman, isn't it? One yes. of the kill. Yeah. Okay. Can I hear my initial thoughts of the episode? Yes. Sure. Generally positive. Um, there are a few bits and bobs I'll go into future on, but a bit later on. But um, it was a it was a shame it was lost. Looking at the stills and stuff. Um, yeah, it is a shame it was lost. It looked like a really good episode. Yes, because this one, or the version we watched anyway, was um, made up of stills from production and director's shots, wasn't it? Yes, this was the first proper story where all seven episodes are lost. So, like you say, yeah, it's um, screenshots, um, screen captures taken by. Uh, well, commissioned by the director, Warris Hussein, for episodes 1, one two, three, five, six, seven. so missing out of 4, mm-hmm. um, plus the fan audio recordings, um, and a, the version we've watched is the loose cannon reconstruction and the combination of the two. Um, so when we're watching, we're hearing the audio of the Doctor talking, but you know, there's a still picture of him, and then there's some text at the bottom saying, the Doctor entered the room, that sort of thing. Yeah, I thought it was really effective. I mean, there's definitely points where I would have struggled if there wasn't that kind of, this is what's happening, because you can't tell. It's not yeah. made for just audio. You can't just get the shuffling sounds. The, <laughs> yeah, the it's clacking. Because, of course, you can tell they're like stock sounds as well a lot of the time, so it's mm. just the sound effects you get, and, um, so it doesn't really help. But anyway, I think we'll yeah. go into episode one. Let's jump into episode one, Roof of the World. Okay. We're always in trouble. These dogs apart. This is serious. We could freeze to death. Your name, Marco Polo. It is, my lady. I have not seen my home for eighteen years. I want to go back and ask the Khan again. I intend to. I shall offer him a gift so magnificent that he will not be able to refuse me. Your caravan goes with me to Kublai Khan. What are you going to do? I have the faintest idea. (laughs) Bring the mighty Kublai Khan to his knees. So we kept up with the TARDIS team where we left them last episode, which was admiring a giant-sized boot print in the snow. Yes. And the Doctor discovers the TARDIS is broken. Again. Again. It's just broken. There's no water. There's no heating. Yes, there's no heating. There's nothing. And if they can't get it working, then they're dead. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's gone from... This is one of the things of the disconnect between the episodes of watching them almost back-to-back. Is he's gone from the Doctor um, being quite joyful and wanting to go outside and play in the snow and having a joke with Egan and going, come on, Barbara, to I'm a grumpy, cantankerous sod, like, in 30 seconds flat. Anyway, um, Ian and Barbara head off for fuel. Doctor doesn't think there's much point, but they say, well, we need to do something because the TARDIS is kaput and they're going to freeze to death up here. Snow everywhere, you know. Um, They don't find anything, but Barbara does see someone. She sees a Mongol. At the time, yes. I don't think she realises it is. I think she thinks it's an animal of some description. She a glimpse of, like fur. of a furry thing moving in the snow. Yeah. She thinks it's a creature. She tells Ian, and classic Doctor Who, Ian goes, no, that didn't happen. Let's carry on. You and him, it's your imagination. It's a trick or trick, trick of the eye. Yeah. It's definitely, um, already it feels a bit... Uh, tired cliche at this point. <laughs> I think it, it probably will carry on throughout the classic Oh, so I imagine so. They return up in some place, something mysterious happens to a companion, and they go, I saw this, and the daughter goes, no. Don't be stupid. No, you didn't. I'm so sorry, we should have believed you. And the next episode, yeah. repeat. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Yes, I think it's a plot device. But anyway, basically, they go back to the doctor, of course, and the doctor's like, oh, don't be so silly. And then whilst they're there discussing what they're going to do, they see him again, and this time they go, that's a man, that's not a, a beast. And they go, right, let's follow him. He might be from a civilization because we need some parts to save our TARDIS. So they follow him, 
And then they get surrounded by a ton of Mongols with spears and nasty looking instruments. Who then want to kill the TARDIS crew? Spiking them... guitars, that's what happened. Yeah, the leader of this new group of people mm-hmm. calls them evil spirits. Yes. And this character is the warlord Tagana. Tagana. Who we will be talking more about as the plot progresses. Indeed. And then, you know, the guess who shows up? Once shows up to save them. It's Marco Polo. I did not see that coming. No, what a surprise. The name of the episode did not go that way. But anyway. I thought they spent the whole episode going, um, Marco Ian, and then the Polo Doctor. So, Marco Polo is here. Dashing hero coming in Dashing and saying, hero. Killing. No, you're not killing them. We're not savages. He is a servant of Kubla Khan, and he, he has is. that. He's an authority given to him. So he says to the warlord Tagana, No, you're going to not kill these people. They're off. Mm-hmm. You idiot. They're obviously travellers. They're not spirits. They're not evil spirits. To try and yeah. kill. Um, so we're going to help them and look after them because the old man, the Roger, is ill. He has the mountain sickness. Yeah, radiation. He's got, um, not radiation. He's got, that's the last time. He's got altitude sickness. That's altitude the word. Sickness. I was like, what's the word for high up? That's it. So throughout this story, they uh, work out an a- uh, altitude sickness drug. And the Daleks try to inject themselves with it, and it's all... It's all Wait a, a second, whole, this, it's is, a whole thing. <laughs> this is getting very messed up in my head. Okay, anyway, sorry, so they're now part of Marco's um, entourage, and they're in his caravan, as they call them. Yes. Tagana is very suspicious of the four travellers. He's a bit like, well, where did they come from in the middle of the night? It's like on top of a mountain, the roof of the world, as Ian describes it, and also Marco Polo describes it. Um, I'm hoping there's a signpost there somewhere that they go, oh, there yeah, we go, because you are here. Because you are here. The roof of the world. The roof of the world. Visitor shop. Yeah, exactly. A little, like, with a little With a little t-shirt saying, I visited the roof of the world. world. And all I got was I'm... this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So, they're all a bit suspicious. They're like, what's going on? How did you get here? And of course, Ian then says, well, it's like our own caravan. The TARDIS. The TARDIS. We need to bring this with us. Marco goes, but how does it move? And he goes, it's, it flies. The, well, the dumbest flies. move of this story so far. Oh, this has a this, <laughs> How powerful? How powerful would I be? How powerful would the Kubla Khan be? I could give it to him as a gift and be released from my service. The ideas are kind of, especially that you kind of get throughout the episode and it kind of comes from his journal as Marco travels around and sees a lot of um, amazing sights. So yes. this kind of fits into that where he kind of says, oh, I've seen stones that burn and all this kind of thing. And so I think this kind of fits part of that and goes, right, here's a ma- um, magical box that flies. I will take this. I'll take it from you and mm. then use it to give to the to the card. Yes, so he proposes this to the Doctor. says, I want to go back home. I haven't been home in 18 years. So I'm going to do this. The Doctor says, you can't do that. He says, well, I am. And I'll take you to back to Venice with me and then you can build another TARDIS and another caravan and it will be fine. Because the Doctor goes, this isn't how it works. But Mark is not listening. And that's when the Doctor has that really weird point where he just starts laughing. Yes, manically. he laughs. <laughs> about the whole thing and they go what are yeah. we going to do and he's got oh, I've got no I've clue. got no idea child no idea yeah. yes the plan is to give the TARDIS to Kubla Khan to mm-hmm. in exchange for his freedom who's on the other side of Asia yeah. Yeah, as so we will talk about in a second it is it very very travel. far away yes they have a long journey yes yeah, so they've gone so far they've gone from the roof of the world to a lop which is the next settlement um, way station way station even yes and that's where we see the villain of the story Tigana. Tigana. Coming out already. <laughs> Episode That's one, this is this is the villain. I mean he started off strong by nearly killing everyone, going the spirits um, kill them. Yeah. But it that wasn't was, just that was as a strong. He wasn't point. like immediately. He kind of saw them and then convinced everyone. He was like, Ah, I think these are spirits and everyone's like, yeah. What should we do with them? He's like, Ah, we should kill them. So kill them. You know he's kind of slippery already. But now, but now we find him in a back alley somewhere, conspiring with one of his He has several minions. He's plotting against Marco Polo. Yes. And Kublai Khan, by extension, 
Their plan for the next day is to travel across the Gobi Desert. When doing so, he will sabotage their water supply and poison them so they die. They'll do it on the last one, the last water supply. Right. It's, a, it's, it's complicated, it's quite, it's a quite a long, ridiculous plan. In which he kind of goes, and on the third night, I will place poison in the second but last gourd. Oh, then I shall, on the next night, I shall come back to you, and then we'll come back two nights later. <laughs> and we'll yeah. put it in the oven at 200 degrees. And then it will be done. Brown. Then it will be done. So that's the end of uh, episode one with that. that yes, that's the end of episode one of the world. Oh, could you talk about the um the whole how far they've travelled? Because this is an interesting thing. As we watched this, we started to think, how far are they actually travelling and how long did this story take? Because there are some trips on this where they, they say, oh, it'll take five days to get there, a week to get there. And it's like, this is adding up. And not to mention from a map that basically between places when they're travelling, you get a, I think it's Marco Polo's map. Yes. It's so it's like a, a picture channel. of Asia and where they kind of go between. And it looks like it's nice a very, very big journey. It does, yes. So what is it up? So um, Doctor Who magazine has recently had some articles about Marco Polo. And using state-of-the-art Google Maps, they worked <laughs> out that the journey from where they start in the roof of the, the world, world. All the way down to Peking, I think. Peking, that's where they end yes, up. Yes, this is... And in total, the journey would be 3,079 miles. Ooh. It's a long way to go by it's a walking. very this. long way. And then one story they mentioned that they are travelling approximately about 20 miles a day, which mm. means it would take them five months to make that journey. Five months? Mm. Imagine how many short stories you could fit into that. Yeah, yeah big finish stories. I have a whole series yes, in there. Of just the Doctor and Susan chatting away in the caravan. Five somewhere. months. So that means, that means Susan's like nearly aged like a whole year yeah. in that point. Like yeah. it's because she's so young, I suppose. She's, you know, jumping up to the point. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Most one two episodes are over in like a couple of days, if that if that if that the same like day. over in like an hour or whatever. They take yeah. as long as the Doctor episode itself, you know, the Doctor comes in. Mm. Especially in the case of Forty Two. Yeah, I mean, this one, it did feel like it was a long time, but I kind of was getting about a month, not five. Have you got any uh, any other notes and notes back notes episode to episode one. one? So, this episode was written by John Garotti, who um, previously had written it for the Canadian Broadcasting okay. Corporation, and that's where he met Sidney Newman. And Sidney Newman said, I like this guy, he's good at, good at writing, so we'll bring him into my new series of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he did, he, he had lots of experience on Marco Polo. He had written a 18-part radio play um, about okay. Marco Polo and his travels. So he was able to bring that forward. So he, when he was writing this, he brought up a lot of information from the from the journals. So lots of plot elements and things come from it. Uh, for instance, Tagana, that's it's not an actual character, but his name is taken from an actual person in the journal. Okay. And they kind of, a lot of the characters kind of get their names. So they kind of picked elements and brought them into the story. Interesting. Um, now, there's kind of conflicting on who got the idea of the Marco Polo, whether it's John Lugarotti himself who suggested it, or whether it was, in fact, William Hartnell who suggested it. Um, um, yeah, I know here that I've got is um, that the Doctor doesn't really have the best, that's why it was subtlety or historical preservation at the moment. Um, he basically blurts out to the Mongols, where are we? What time is it? What year is it? When are we? When are we? You couldn't be any more alien if you tried. I think um, they all seem. I mean, apart from Ian, obviously saying it flies and stuff to, yeah. to them. Um, I think Barbara does it as well. She goes, "Wait a minute, you're more about each other." Go like, "You're my bowling. Or that city was destroyed. And he goes, "No, 
No, it hasn't. Yeah, it's um. Well, that's the capital, and he goes, no, it's not. It's this place. Yeah, it's it's an odd. If yeah, I think they in the future, of course, in future Doctor Who, it's a lot more like it's a rule. You have got to be a bit more careful. People will question it. They'll be like, what are you on about? You know. Mm-hmm. He comes up and says, when are we? You know, where are we? Without even trying to be at least a tiny bit subtle of let's go and find something or ask somebody. Other than that, I've got no more notes. Episode one. Okay, I have a couple. I was going to say that the working title of this story was A Journey to Cathay. I think I prefer the roof of the world. I think it may be into the whole the whole story. I suppose to Marco Polo. Oh, I see you're off in the yes. episode. Oh, I'm glad it was called Marco Polo. Yes. It sounds like a food it. thing. Um, this story appeared on the cover of Radio Times. Did it really? And that caused much friction amongst the team. Um, it was a picture of William Hartnell and Mark Eden and the actor who plays Tagana, who I do not know off the top of my head, and much to the annoyance of William Russell, who plays Ian. And with some changes, late changes to the script later on, multiple times, it caused a bit of a disagreement between cast and crew. And um, it, so going forward, a lot of this script changes and stuff that the principal actors ended up with a lot more say in terms of their characters and, and dialogue and things like that going right. forward from this episode. Okay. Just with this Radio Times. Yes, they sparked it. Ironically, this lost Doctor Who story was sold to more countries than any of the other serials in the 60s, which also means it was the most destroyed of all the serials. Oh dear. Unfortunately, yes. Then we'll move on to episode two then. Okay. Episode two. Moving on to episode two, The Singing Sands. Shamat. Shamat means the king is dead. We should be up there another time, another galaxy. Stop it, it's a sandstorm! It's coming this way! Yeah, yeah. Marco! So if we turn back, we're bound to be attacked. The Doctor isn't gonna last 24 hours. Without water, our fate rests with Tagana. Here's water, Marco Polo! Come for it! Interesting. Interesting name. I wonder what it'll be about. Maybe some singing sounds, perhaps? Potentially. But anyway, we start with the TARDIS, TARDIS crew and Marco Polo. Yeah, the whole the whole entourage and all their caravans and everything. And the TARDIS is on the a wagon. They're all travelling, and they're travelling through the Gobi Desert with Marco Polo. And the Doctor is pretty understandably unhappy um, that the TARDIS has been taken. And he's not actually in this one. He's being very difficult. But we don't actually know this as viewers. This Susan comes in and tells everyone, because the Doctor is not in this episode... Until about 22 minutes in. Which um, he has one line. He has one line. Yeah, he is. it's a very Doctor Light episode. He is mentioned, but he's not in it. So um, Susan is kind of the relay between them saying he's sulking, he's not eating, hates that they're trapped, all of the above. Um, yeah, so... Um, and this episode is very much the the friendship episode, I would say. Like the, the forming of friendships. We have um, Ian and Marco. They play quite a lot of chess, um, like two old chums. They build mm-hmm. a bit of a relationship here. We also have uh, Susan and Pincho. Mm-hmm. They have they, a... They have there's a... a lovely scene as well in the desert at night between Susan and Barbara, who would say kind of chat about their travels. Yeah, that, that is really nice. So yeah, how, how things getting on and stuff, it's a bit of a bit of a catch-up, I suppose. But, you know, I think that the Pincho friendship is really good for Susan. Because mm-hmm. she's about her age, but she's a hell of a lot more mature. So Susan kind of moves up to that side of things she's got a good influence on that side of things um but also she's got someone her own age to hang around with and it's hanging around with for five months so yeah yeah so as susan and bing cho are um chatting together they discover um the warlord tagana 
and see him wandering around the camp. You kind of wonder where he's off to. Such a such so, so late at night. So late at night. Where could he be on this cold sandstorm <laughs> sandy night? Sandstorm. Sandstorm. Yep, that's you guessed it. There's a sandstorm yes. coming, and they're all up. Freudian slip there. Freudian slip. So they head out, and dun dun dun, a sandstorm comes, and uh, poor Susan and Bingo are, are trapped by some rocks. They scream. Everyone back in camp realise um, Tagana's gone, and also the girls. They go, "Oh my god, what are we gonna do?" So everyone thinks of Papa because we've got to go help them. Yeah. So you try to to go out, and Ian and Martha go, "No, you'll get one away." Yeah, yeah, you'll never find them out there. You're gonna die. Said, let's not um, tell the doctor. He doesn't, doesn't need to know he's this. He's asleep. He doesn't need to know this. <laughs> he'll he'll just worry. Worry unnecessarily, you know. Yes. His, his granddaughter is in a sandstorm, that's all. Yeah, don't worry about yeah. it. It'll be, be fine. I'll get over it. <laughs> Meanwhile, back out in the sandstorm, the Susan, yes, not the my... Susan, Susan and Pincho, yeah. the friendship, the, the Susan, the Sucho, the Sucho. Sucho. Sucho <laughs> friendship. Pissin. Pissin. <laughs> Pissin. The pissin, there you go. Pissin, the pissin friendship. The pissin friendship. <laughs> um, yeah, they suddenly scream. Yeah, no. Up on a rock. Because, no, no, before this, this is where the episode title comes in, The Singing Sands. I was going to say, but this comes straight from Mark Romero's journal. There are some deserts in the world when there's sandstorms and things there. They make noises that sound like people and they call out. So he goes, Ian, and then it turns out to be Tagana. Tagana! He's on a rock. He's on a rock. And they scream. Go, da, 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 da. What's he doing here? We followed him, but what's he doing here? Anyway, long, long story short. So he saves them. Long story short, yeah, he gets them back to camp. And Mark is like, oh, thank you for saving them. Because Mark takes his responsibilities as his kind of, like, protector of the group very seriously. He's like, yeah, I've taken you under my protection. I don't want you wandering off, you know. Susan, however, has not forgotten the reason they went out there. So this is very, very sus. You know, Takana says, yeah, I just went out for a walk. You know, we're like, okay. As if that's a normal thing, and just carry on. But this is when Tagana enacts his plan. He goes to the water supplies at night, and he sabotages them. He, he, sabotages. he drains he, them. He cuts them. He doesn't poison them, as was the plan. He doesn't poison them, as he mentions. Point is, is... He's improvising. Yeah. The next day, everyone goes, oh my god, what are we going to do? We can't get through. Because they've got sort of five days, if they really push it, to the nearest oasis, or they can turn back. Um, but of course Tagana says it's going to, it's going to be bandits that have done this. They go, well, we can't go back because there'll be bandits there and we can't defeat them. So basically they go, right, we're going to have to go forward. Tagana's like, I don't think this is a good idea, but Ian and everyone's like, no, we need to push forward. We need to push push ourselves and hmm. go through the night and stuff so we can get to this oasis. Um, and they ration out the water. But after five days, they're at a standstill. They're exhausted. Yeah. Too no hot. Water. No water. But this is where the Doctor appears. Oh, he does, yeah, the he Doctor appears. appears. has his line of... Yes. Keels over and they say, get him in the TARDIS, we can, we can, because they've been forbidden to go in the TARDIS. They have been forbidden to go in the TARDIS by they Marco. They say, let the Doctor in and Susan take care of him so he can rest. They say to Tagana, Tagana, ride ahead, get some water and come back and save us. And Please save us. He goes, okay. So off he goes to the Oasis. Get some Fills water. Fills off his gourd with water, has a lengthy drink and then pours the rest on the ground and goes, Here's your water, Marco Polo. Come for it. Come for it. Cliffhanger. That is the cliffhanger right there. It's not a very good cliffhanger. It's not their best. Um, oh, it's not too cliffhanger old. No. It's not up there with, like, pretend thought regenerating or you are not alone or whatever no. that kind of cliffhanger. But anyway, have you got any, any notes or Notes on episode two. So, yes, it was not just part of the writing. Uh, William Hartnell was unavailable for filming this episode. Indisposed. Yes. He was hungover. 
They kind of implied that in the thing I was looking at because they had a picture of him in the weekend out on a party. <laughs> but I don't know whether that's the case. We don't. We don't know. I don't think there's many many sources says exactly what's going on. Um, so yes, he was unable to film in this episode. So they had to do hasty rewrites. So earlier on, there was a scene Susan and Barbara, as I mentioned earlier, but instead it was with Susan and the Doctor. So they had to rewrite that. He was doing being included more throughout the episode. Um, like when Susan is lost in the storm, it was supposed to be him and Barbara who go, we must go out and save them. Yeah. And they go, no, no, you'll die. But yeah, he goes yeah. from being grumpy and sulky somewhere we don't see to being asleep. Yeah. Sleeping through a sandstorm. He's had a good episode. He's had a good story so far. Yeah, Susan in this, her and Pinto are out looking at night and she says, I've never seen a moonlit night, which is scripted to be, I've never walked in a moonlit night, which is a bit odd. How can you not see a moonlit night? Yeah, that is very strange. Uh, but yes, she's never walked in a moonlit night in the script. Right. That's it for this episode. Okay, yeah, I haven't got many more notes. It was a pretty, pretty basic, box standard, middle sort of starting episode. Um, so yeah, I think we'll move on to number three. Number three, 500 eyes. 500 eyes, okay. Episode three. Three must and waste to drop. Come along, child, wake up. You told me you weren't carrying any, Doctor. No, this is the water that was running off the walls. I think Tregana just used the bandits as an excuse for not coming back to us with water. Have you heard of the cave of 500 miles? I should be able to speak into the TARDIS nobody at all. Yes, <laughs> but you've given Marco Polo the key. A key, my boy, a key. We will attack our caravan as we're going to Chantou. Barbara! It's right! <laughs> Right, okay. Right. So, so how do we resolve this cliffhanger? The shocking cliffhanger. The shocking water wastage. By yeah. the warlord Tagana. He's a bit of a dick. But you dare insult the warlord Tagana? He says that a lot. He does you say that. You dare challenge the warlord Tagana. I will kill you, Tagana. What are you going to do? Kill me? No, because no, he, he's not that brazen. He's no. going to stab me on the second night of the third month. But only when the moon is the moon a quarter is just, in the sky. It's just right. I do the call. Oh, then um, he will stab me. Then he'll stab you. But he won't because he'll cock it up. He'll do a real first. First. Yeah. What? As four legs in the morning. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so <laughs> the gang have carried on towards the Oasis. The only reason they are able to carry on is the Doctor. Inside the TARDIS, he and well, he notices at first water dripping all down the walls. It's condensation because it's very cold outside at night. Condensation. Condensation, you say? Yes, yeah. yeah, so he and Susan uh, collect as much of the water that they can and they bring it outside. Much to Marco's horror, he's very angry that the doctor lied. And he had water all along. Sort of explains, no, don't you see? And Ian explains. And Ian explains, see? and this gets through to him because I think Ian's got a bit more closer connection. And also, he's a science teacher, so he he's then, good at explaining the science stuff. He is. It's almost like he was put there for a reason. Mm. Anyway, so um, it explains conversation, and then Marco goes, oh, yes, I, I have seen this happen on, in caves before. So they will have a jolly good drink of water. Well, not a jolly good drink, but they have enough water to sustain them to the oasis. And off they pop, going, I hope Tagana's all right. So, no, no, I hope he's all right. I hope he's dead. hope he drowned in the oasis. Yes. Now, Tagana, meanwhile, has just been waiting for them to die. But, of course, the guys eventually make it to the oasis, so he has to make up something. He says, I was going to, you know, leave earlier, but bandits stayed here all night long. Marco accepts this and goes, oh yes, of course. Yes. So, I, you know, the, the time I was ready, by the time they left, you, you'd already come over the hills. I thought, I'll just stay here. You can't be dying at first. I won't ride out and give you some water. I'll, I'll stay here and you come to me. Yes. Barbara realises, as it was a cold night last night, mm. that any bandits would need some kind of campfire to keep them warm. But Indeed. there's no sign of any. So something's up there. 
And everyone kind of goes, you're right, Barbara. And we tell think, Marco, and he goes, yeah, well, he's the wolf to Garn. He can do what you want. <laughs> yeah, Tavana is a respectable person. Don't talk rubbish, yeah. Don't talk rubbish. So the matter is dropped again. And they walk on to the next city. Thanks on to the next, uh, yes, the next way station. Next way station. Now the Doctor sneaks into the TARDIS to do some work. Of course, Ian's like, how are we going to get in there? He says, ah, I made my own key. Made a duplicate when I was inside with Susan. Yes. He gave Marco it's quite interesting. another key. Later on, you know, just kind of yeah. just making one. Just have a, I suppose, a bit of metal or whatever. I suppose so. There you go. Yeah. Now this is when Pink shows a bit at the moment, isn't she? Where she has yes, she does just a speech. The, the, the whole speech, which it's, it's kind of like a story she kind of tells, isn't it? About, about the, Aladdin. Yeah, about about <laughs> about the tale of the hash hassins. Is that right? Hash hassins. Hash hassins. Hash hashins. Hash hashins. Okay, yeah. Like hash browns. Hash hashins and the cave of the five hundred eyes. Mm-hmm. But these hash hashins, um, that word has been come through time, and that now is assassins. Yes. Yes. That was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she tells this entire, entire story to a besotted audience. It's about this creed of they live in a cave nearby. Yes, and they go around killing templars. Templars and things, yes. Templars. Tesh templars. Tesh tesh templars, yes. And they and they they got defeated and they drew 500 eyes on the walls because there were 250 assassins. Hashashins. So they drew the eyes years ago. Meanwhile... Tigana is up to his usual tricks. Well, he's he's wandering off in the night, but then again, they are like a way station now. But Barbara so is he, suspicious. Because he, he wanders off to the cave. At this point, he does he? wander off to the cave, yes. And meets two of his buddies. Mm-hmm. His evil buddies. Evil buddies. And they have a chat. This is, like, this is like inside the cave. There's like an inner inner section that you have to get through like a, a secret door to get to, which is where he is meeting his inner buddies, whereas the outer section is where Barbara's kind of wandering around going like, where did he go? Followed him yeah, in here. Yeah, she follows him. Yes. Um, basically, this is where we learn that Tagana is working with the Hash Hashins to steal the flying caravan and to kill Marco Polo. Mm. He's, got, he's got a big, he's got a big, a big agenda, really. But the big point of this is Barbara gets captured by the Mongols in the cave. You know, so if they want to kill her, so they're rolling dice, you know, to see who can kill her. It's all very dismal. Um, back in camp. The doctor they is. Realise they're gone. Yeah, the doctor. Well, they realise they're gone. The doctor's about to start working on the TARDIS again because he needs to obviously fix it um, in secret. But Susan and Pang Cho, Pang Cho, come because the Marco and Ian go to look for Barbara throughout the city. They do. Yes. They start a big search. The doctor's like, I'm a bit catering with my TARDIS, so we can actually get out of here properly. Yes, and Susan and Pang Cho, like I say, they they come to the doctor and say, we have an idea. We think yeah. she's gone to the caves of Five Hundred Eyes. So off they go. They go right. Let's go. You know, let's go in. And this is a bit of a change for the doctor, isn't it? Yes, he doesn't leave Barbara after the last, like, three times. They've gone, we must save Barbara. And he goes, no, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid, we've got stuff to do. Because he's like, I've got to fix Tarbis. And this is like, you need to come help save Barbara. Barbara's like, okay, child, I'm coming. You know, it's very much, yeah. It's like, oh, nice. It is nice. Yeah, so they reach the cave and... He does kind of get distracted by the the barkings on the cave. Because look at these eyes. But it's more of like an absent-minded professor than a... uh, than in any kind of mass state sheet. Susan goes, Come on, what about Barbara? He goes, Oh, yes, you're right, of course. You've got to keep looking. <laughs> yes. So inside That's... the cave, they, they start calling for Barbara. Yeah. This is where they start going, Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. Yeah, that's just the start and of the then... calling match. Susan screams. Susan a screams. belter of a scream. Proper yeah. screecher. Oh, yeah. Ear piercing. The eyes, they move. Ooh. And that's the cliffhanger. That's the cliffhanger. Have you got any uh, notes or bits and bobs for episode three? Yes. Okay. Well, 
Here we are introduced to a second way station. Now, during this, they got loaded with so many locations, they had to lose a lot of sets. They got limited space in the, in the studio they filmed with. Very limited, they could only fit a couple of sets in. Um, so for a lot of these way stations, they used, very, they used one set that was modified, um, because the idea being that they are official state buildings, so they would probably be very similar. So they had just kind of a one set, and they decorated differently each time, and they kind of each episode pretty much had a new version of the same the same set. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode as well, we have uh, Bing Joe's big speech. Now this is all done in one take, and the actress who plays Bing Joe was was uh, quite new to acting. This was kind of a big break into into television, so she kind of did she kind of did the speech in one go, much to the amazement of the rest of the of the cast. Who it's quite a long. It, it is. It's to be fair, it is very long. In fact, she did it one in one. In one go is a... I'm sure uh, William Hartman was very jealous. <laughs> Someone could do something. Oh, I don't know I could do that. Don't give me any long speeches. Don't get any ideas now. So, yes, this this episode... I was going to... As a, not, not a note, but as a comment. We are... How many stories in? We've already got the cave of something else. Mm-hmm. We had the cave of skulls. And now we have the cave of 500 eyes. Well, Maybe it's getting closer in. It goes skulls, 500 eyes, 500 corneas... <laughs> And brain cells. And just kind of zooms in into the eye. Yeah. Blood vessels. 500 photoreceptors. So, is that everything you got for episode three? Yes. Um, anyway, so we'll move on to episode four. Wall, the Wall of Lies. Must be your imagination, child. These eyes didn't move. They played dice to see who killed me. Be warned, Marco. They will set us at each other's throats. You were there when I arrived. But that's not true. I followed you there. Dare to call the warlord Tagala a liar? I shall silence the guard, and then you will move in and slaughter them all. Give me the key, Doctor. No! You're an old man, and I do not wish to use force. I wear the gold seal of Kublai Khan. I do hereby seize and hold your caravan in his name. Take them away! So we're back in. The doctor immediately does not believe Susan. That's rubbish. Eyes, eyes on the wall can't move. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a pattern's forming here. Yes. And inside the cage, the doctor and his and Pincho and Susan are about to head off, and the doctor's going, "You wasted my time. I could have been fixing the the TARDIS." Mm-hmm. That's when they discover Barbara's handkerchief and realise she has been in the cage. Carelessly left on the floor for anyone yes. to find. Yes, anyone could have taken that, Barbara. Come on. Who'd have thought of that when she was kidnapped? <laughs> um, we're just careless about kidnappers just to leave an obvious oh, yes, clue so it's very true so then the cave gets very busy because Tagana comes in it's mm. wandering in yes, what are you doing here what are you doing here yeah we found the uh, this handkerchief and he's like oh where'd you find it and Ian uh, I, Ian and Mark are going Doctor Ian mm. Susan and so they all go oh yes we're in here Susan Susan it's Ian Joe Tagana, Doctor. <laughs> so For a couple of minutes, it's kind of like yeah. Quagmire. It's like Quagmire, Peter, Lewis, you know. Like <laughs> yeah, so eventually they all end up in the same area outside of the outer chamber yeah. and they're like, what's going on then? You weren't meant to leave the camp, you know? This is very dangerous. But then they go, look, Barbara's been here. Look, these eyes are moved. And Ian, fortunately, immediately trusts Susan and goes, let's check this out. So you're and right, Susan. Susan 
there are two eyes here. I should poke through them. He should do. He should the person is still there, there watching, watching through. Him. Just, just, just stay just very, be very still. still. Stay still and look. Try not to blink. You must, it's not like you must be so dry. Just like, I'm doing it so it? slowly that I am invisible. Visible. <laughs> 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 it's one of those ideas that only works on TV. It is, it? yeah. Um, you obviously like, tell it was eyes. It's more like you kind of see it on TV sometimes. They go, you know, they have a sound and they're aware of that sound coming from. Part of the fact everyone in real life would immediately go, it's over there. Yep. Thanks to our two ears, we can. <laughs> we, we can tell. We can tell them kind of sounds and where they come from. Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Like you'd immediately look and go, that is not a picture of an eye. That is some bloke's actual eyes looking <laughs> through, twitching side to side, going, whoa, what's going on in you? Don't blink now. Don't blink. So Ian finds a secret door. Does. Opens it up. And Amon was about to kill Barbara until Marco comes rushing in and kills him with a sword. The barber comes out and tries to tell Marco. Yes. I thought Tagana, he was up to something, Marco. Was, no, don't be silly. He's an honourable man. And the worst part about this is this is kind of back at camp. Tagano has kind of got there first. He's kind of gone straight into Marco and said, you do realise the doctor was, you know, he's been going into his TARDIS, um, they're making up lies, Susan is a bad influence on Pincho, all of this kind of stuff. And kind of his proper, like, saying, do you actually, can you trust them? You know me, you don't know them. So that when Barbara comes in and tells him of Tagano's trickery... Marco's like, well, Tagana said you'd try something like this. Yes, no, this is nonsense. He is the warlord Tagana and you are just strangers. And that's kind of a common theme from here until the end of the story. Tagana does something suspicious. Somebody sees it. They tell Marco, Marco, don't be stupid. He's the warlord Tagana. And repeat. Repeat. It happens it gets very, too many times. It it's it's already got old this, 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 this time. And this is like the second or third a, time. a good few more episodes of this. Yeah. Because... Imagine seven episodes. It might happen more once or twice an episode. So, got it. On about episode two on, you know, two onwards. So, yeah, it it's a good few times. It's pretty awful. It's the same old thing again and again and again. They really could have done with another antagonist to start off with, and then jump into Tagana. Mix it up. Yeah. Something the other house because what well, the only phrase Tagana, and he's been the threat since the start, and it's just really boring. So they're all a bit suspicious of each other, but Marco doesn't do anything just yet. So they, you know, he's like, hmm, I'll keep an eye on people, you know, maybe the Doctor is going into his TARDIS, because like, I don't know how he could be, because I've got the key, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on things. So they all travel onwards. Here to another way station. Heading to another way station. It's usually way stations. They go from place to place. They travel onwards, and the Doctor has been working on the broken TARDIS whenever he can get a chance, and it, he should have it done soon, which yeah. means they'll be ready to go. The problem is, is that Tagana's been whispering in Marco's ear a bit more, and saying, look, he's working on it, you need to go out and catch him. The girls overhear this. Well, I think Pink Joe overhears this. Somebody overhears this. And they tally in and he goes, oh no, we're going to get caught. Right, you girls go and get um, the doctor out. I'll go and set up a bit of a bit of a, bit of a foolery, a bit of a trick. I'll make Devon look like a fool. So he goes in and goes to Marco. Oh no, he's talking rubbish. Come and seek the TARDIS for yourself if you want. But for whatever reason, the girls didn't get the doctor out in time. So they get there and the doctor's just coming out. He's caught red-handed coming out of the TARDIS. Marco's very angry. Very, very angry. So much so, he says, give me the key. He says, you'll have to take it from my cold, dead hands. He says, you'll have to get it from me. By force. By force. So he does. Yes. <laughs> Under the power that is granted to him of by the Kublai Khan. Is that how he it? Kublai Khan. He is seizing this TARDIS under the Khan's name rather than just his like. He's if he's seizing it officially and saying, anyone tries to steal this or tamper with this will be punished by death. Like he's put like a royal decree on it and everything. He's like, look. Give me the key, and this is the end of it. I'm going to separate you up. You can't see Ping Cho anymore, Susan. You know, you're going to be treated like more like prisoners now. 
So they get all put into like just one tenth that's basically guarded. They kind of lost their freedoms at this point. Of course, the thing is now, the ironic thing is, is the TARDIS is actually good to go. Yeah, the doctor's just in. finished it. They can't get in. Mark has got both keys. New series, that'll be okay. He's going to click his fingers over the doors, but exactly. it's the first time they cannot. No, they cannot. And he doesn't keep his spare in the cubby hole by the pee, like in the TV movie. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. He'll learn He'll learn. That's probably why. Yeah. I don't want someone stealing my keys again. So here, everyone is captured in a tent they've set up in a bamboo forest for the night. They realise they need to escape. Ian smashes a plate in anger. So they have a plan. They're going to escape, hold Mark on a hostage, and... Get the keys off of him. Get the keys so they off can get away. And get away. It's a good plan. It's not it's a really a good plan. plan. It's, it's no, flawless. It's plan. They say there are so many guards out there, and their kind of plan is, well, it's night, and it's a surprise, so... It'd be fine. It'd be fine. It's, they're all very gung-ho at this point. You know, he's, yeah. He's it's ready, not true. Everyone's ready to take on the body, and the doctor's like, oh, I'll show... Oh, welcome. I'll show um, Marco Polo when he's my prisoner. Like, oh, <laughs> I'll make him give us the keys. It's like, okay, this is quite It's quite gone different. very dark very quickly. Compared to some of the others where they go, we cannot fight to... They're ready to take on an army. But anyway, Ian grabs the shard of the plate, cuts mm-hmm. his way out of the tent, yes. heads out into the bamboo forest where he sees the guard and he sneaks up behind him, Hashashin style, with his hidden plate blade. Mm-hmm. He doesn't kill the guard. No. He grabs the guard and the guard is already over. dead. It's already dead. Yeah. Now this is a shock horror. That's a shock horror. This is quite an interesting development. This is, is a cliffhanger it, for episode four. It is. Because previously, the only thing that leads up to this, I suppose, is that Tagana's had a bit of a meeting with his with his with his chums to set up an ambush in the forest, and this we assume is the start of said yeah. the start of said ambush. The Doctor does his classic line here again of calling human savages. Yes, yes, because he gets very angry, obviously, oh, when they end savage. up in prisons. Yeah, you savage, you don't understand. He's done More that. Tw- I think he's done that twice now with Tomaka Polo. He did yes. it towards the start. With, yeah, have you got any notes or notes or notes or bits and bobs? Not really, not for this episode. Okay. Okay, so we're on to episode five then. Episode five, The Rider from Shang Tu. What's the matter? Did you kill him? No, of course not. The guard's dead. I think we've got a bandit attack. There are no bandits. This is all a ruse. What you're really saying, Marco, is that we're no longer Kublai Khan's prisoners, only yours, eh? Mr. Garner's game, what's he after? In my ship. Kublai Khan wishes to see me without delay. You will say goodbye, won't you? Of course I will. What on earth is that child think she's doing? Don't panic. Give her a second. Okay, so, start of episode five. And Ian goes, oh my god, he's dead. The gang have all crept out after him. He goes, Ian, did you kill this man? What have you done? I was like, well done. Well done, chap. One down, four to go. You're a good savage. You're good. You're good. But then he goes, I didn't do anything. And then they notice Tagana is lighting a torch. They think he's going to be leading attacks. So they go to war. They go to war Marco Polo. So Ian wakes up Polo and says, there are bandits coming. And they say, Tagana is going to... Gonna kill you, and yeah. out they go. And Tagana goes, "No, I wasn't going to kill you. I was just lighting a torch." Well, that's one thing. I was just lighting a torch. torch. Nothing's, nothing's going to happen. Go back to bed, people. And in the forest, and then of course Marco <laughs> goes, "Okay, I believe you." Yeah. And out in the jungle, <laughs> very close by, is all his compatriots yes. um, getting ready a, to attack. It's a bit of a cock up on Tagana's part. He says to his men, "Do not attack until I give the signal with the torch." Yes. And they get bored and go, "When the moon reaches the sky." We will attack anyway, but we will not be. What is it with all these conditions? Yeah, we will. We will just kill everyone. We'll kill everyone. We'll go in. So, Garner's like, "Oh no, there will never be any bandits attacking us." 
But everyone else in the camp is pretty convinced it's going to happen. So they kind of start preparing for a bit of assault. Yes, they're outnumbered, so they come up with the idea. Ian, is it? I think it was Ian with the bamboo. Cut the bamboo and chuck it on the fire, and then it will make exploding sounds. I did not know this about bamboo. I think it's because it's got the the air trapped inside. If you don't know, it's scare animals, so it might give them some advantage here. Yes, so they get attacked. Um, and Ian and the Doctor are sword fighting. We yeah, don't actually see this. There is a big a sword fight between. There's four heroes on one side versus the very yes. bandits. Yes, we we don't. Yeah, we don't get to see it. It's a shame. We don't see it. We just see the stills, unfortunately. But yes, there's Ian and Marco and Tagana fighting the bandits, and yeah, Tagana kills the leader because the yes. leader goes Tagana. Uh-huh. Tagana, like yeah, he's going to give the game away, and Tagana kills him, Oof, and then the rest yeah. of them run away. But yes, now we move on to the city of Chengting. It's the White City, it's better known as. Mm. So they travel by horse, kind of from this point onwards, and the TARDIS has to kind of go with luggage. This is kind of the the general idea because word has reached Marco from Kublai Khan that he requires an audience with him immediately. Yes. So he hasn't got. They can't be slowed down by a hole. They have to ride by horse and quickly. Yeah, so he has to travel by himself, and, and then the TARDIS will come back afterwards. Yeah. yeah, so this is kind of important to the plot. He's the rider from Chengdu. Exactly. Of the title. Yes, so this is kind of important to the plot, because the TARDIS will get left behind in this city and will be eventually picked up later. Um, but at the moment, it's kind of been just dumped in the stables by a jolly fat man that the doctor does not like. No. Tegana, it's up to no good. Shock. He is plotting to have the TARDIS stolen. Yes, he has one of his new buddies coming. A new henchman. Eye patch with a monkey. He is a man with an eye patch and a monkey. A little mini monkey on the shoulder. Yeah, okay, so basically what happens in the sidelines is um, this is what we've got the fish scene. Remember the goldfish oh, yes. and with, Su- with Susan, Susan and Pink Susan and look into anything of goldfish. I don't think it's just, I think it's, like, I think it's koi. Um, I think that's oh, the, boys, yeah. yeah, it's like the most colourful ones. And they start to um, say which one's which. They say, well, that one's Marco. Okay. Yeah, so that, that one's Ian. He's got Ian's energy. energy. Oh, that one's lonely over there and independent. That's Barbara. It's a little loner over there. <laughs> Look at this one here. He's very solemn. He's just like Marco Polo. Look at this one bashing around all over the place. He's got Ian's energy. Ah, oh, look. That one's all by itself. It's independent like Barbara. Got no friends. But yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're, doing it, they're just sort of laughing about it. And they're, you know, they're quite friendly and... I think Bing Cho goes, you know, you seem a bit sad. And Susan's like, well, you know, I'm going to be able to go home again because the TARDIS is our only way home. And Bing Cho can kind of relate to this. She's, she'd love to go home because she's been betrothed to somebody she doesn't want to marry who's ridiculously old. Um, but, you know, Susan says, we'd love to, but um, I'm never going to ask that of you. Of, you know, sort of... I'll to ask you to get the keys. Yeah, to get the keys. Because Bing Cho is the only one other than Marco who knows where they're hidden because she walked in hiding them. And he, she promised him, I will not tell anyone where these are. But Bing Cho... She doesn't want to see her friend unhappy, so she goes and she takes them. Mm. She gives them to Susan. Susan's like, oh, I'll go grab the team then. I'll go grab the guys. And she says, you know, it's t- okay, make sure you say goodbye to me before. Promise me that. Yeah. She goes, yes, okay. So she gathers the team. Mm. They head off to the TARDIS. Yes. Ian, Barbara, the Doctor. But Susan realizes, oh no, I forgot to say goodbye. Yes. Cho. So back she goes. Where's Pink Cho? And says, bye Pink Cho. And she says, bye Susan. And then back she goes again to the TARDIS. But at this point, so yeah. Tagana arrives. And as Susan is about to get in the TARDIS, Tegana grabs her. And she goes, Grandfather! Uh, and there's the a cliffhanger. Dun 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 dun. dun, 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 dun. So close, is it? Oh. <laughs> yes. Um, I honestly think leaving Susan behind would have been the best choice. <laughs> just leave her. Just go yeah, because the doctor's like, Oops. Where's Susan? It's like, Just leave her, doctor. You've said that enough time about the rest of us. Oh, let's yeah, just go. she's in the back room. She's on board. Okay, okay let's go. 
They read in the future that it was just a ninja running around, screaming <laughs> on people's backs. Like, ah, Susan did well for herself. Yeah. Well done. Did you an empress of Earth. Yeah, good job. Well done, my child. Sonic screams. She calls to have avalanches. Yeah. Did you have any notes or bits and bobs? For from episode okay, I think you had a couple five. of bits from the, from the monkey, actually, didn't you? Yes. So the monkey, there is indeed a monkey. They had a live monkey in Ooh. the studio, which was a nightmare. It was not <laughs> part of... Original script. Or... Original script, and they kind of added it in. They thought it would be great to have a monkey. Turns out, no, it would not be great to have a monkey, because <laughs> the monkey was not a... Acting monkey. An acting monkey. It wasn't a thespian monkey. It was part of the Shakespeare <laughs> company. Instead, it was a monkey. Just a monkey. Just an yeah. animal. Just, 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 just an monkey. animal. An untrained monkey. They just dumped That's in front of a camera. And like, ended up terrified. And, they, of course, they were filming the sandstorms in the previous <laughs> oh, episodes God. going on. The poor thing got so terrified it went in, up in the gantries and stuff. It was peeing on people. It was biting people. Caroline Fawn said, It was a nasty little thing, peeing all over the place and biting anyone who came near it. It's hilarious. It's, it seemed then. It's lost. It's we don't even get the advantage of seeing the monkey. <laughs> they went through all that for nothing. Monkey, yeah. They could have just added a little monkey picture on top. You know, just added a bit. They could have got um, a animated tips monkey on there. Goes, Hello, it's pretty monkey. And put them on the shoulder and it would just be as effective. You know? Yeah. Right, so we'll move on to episode six. Episode six, The Mighty Kubla Khan. Hello, back to Dizzy's hands off my gun, Charles! Do as I command! Let me kill the monkey gun with We will kill no one! But we want to go home too, Marco! And we can't go home without the TARDIS! The next you see your caravan, it will be at the Great Khan's Summer Palace. I come from another time. You've paid money, you foolish child! You've been robbed! The TARDIS has been stolen! Bring them both to the Summer Palace! Kowtow before the ruler of Asia! The warlord Tadama! So, we come back into the fray, and Tagana is holding Susan hostage with a knife to her throat. Says, come out, you lot, or I will kill her. So, the other three come out of the TARDIS quite meekly, and says, hand over the key. So, they give up the key, um, and then Tagana tries to kill them. Side so I'm going to kill you. You're too much trouble. Too much trouble. Marco, yeah, Marco, Marco just about arrives. stops it. He comes in and it's like, whoa. He goes, hi, everyone, how you get? Oh, my God. There's <laughs> murdering nice. going on here. Yes. Um, he's basically like, look, no, we're not killing them, they're under my protection. Um, he kind of lifts the the death sentence related to this. Mm. Um, he decides to ignore it pretty much. Yeah, he, he ignores it and he kind of lifts it as well and says, look, you know, I'm not actually going to kill you for this. Um, no harm done. Because frankly, as far as he's concerned, the threat's over now because they're all about to leave to see the great Kubla Khan, but the TARDIS isn't coming with them. Yeah. They're going to be separated from them. There's no way for them to sneak back or anything. It's They're going to be, you know, hundreds of miles away, frankly. So they all just kind of, you know, grin and bear it, and off they go. They head off to the um, Summer Palace. It's their first place. Mm. Yeah. So on their journey to Kubrickan, they <laughs> discover Pincho has gone missing. She's run away because of her betrayal. Yes, and also she does not want to marry the old man. So she heads off. Now, Marco wants to go back and find her, but he can't because he's he needs to head to Kubrickan. Yeah, so he, he, he needs to get to Ian wants to go in, go in her place, his place. His place. And... And find Pincho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says I, I can find the way back, and you know it's it's going to be it's going to be best because you don't lose anything either way because we're not actually that important. You can go and see your car, and I'll go and I'll go and find her. Also, during this journey, just before this, actually, Ian does tell Marco the truth about the whole time travel thing. He does. As one final plea of, this is our only way home. You need to understand that we can't make another one. Yes, he says, "Oh, I'm 
we're English. You know, yeah. So, oh, yes, there's, you know, the Crusades happening. So, no, no, no. We, you know, we're, we're time travellers. For the future. future. That's our time machine. Marco doesn't believe him. Marco doesn't. He said, if I did believe you, I would give you the key. She's really quite sad. So, Big Cho, she's back in the city with the TARDIS now. Yes. Now, she the stable <laughs> with the Jolly Cat Man. Yes. So, the, the guy with the monkey has just turned monkey up and man. given his papers in and said, I'm here to collect the TARDIS. I've got authorization. He goes, ah, oh, lovely. You know, we're going we're gonna to put up on your whatever for you. Big Cho goes, are you, are you going somewhere? And he goes, Yes. I am. I'm heading this way, which also pay me, and I'll, give, and, I'll, and I'll let you come with me. So yeah, she gives him his money, and, and he walks he, away. He buggers off. Yeah, and, and the fat man goes, "Ah ha! You fool! Cool. You got robbed! You got robbed! You, you idiot! Only an idiot would get robbed." And exactly. Then the official courier arrives behind him and says, <laughs> "I'm here for the TARDIS." And he goes, "Oh no! What have I done? I've been robbed." <laughs> um, but at this point is where Ian arrives, and Ian is here to look for King Show. They realise the TARDIS has been taken, so they decide to head after it. Now, back in, they've reached the Summer Palace, and you know they're getting ready to. We've got an A plot and a B plot going on. Yeah, they get yeah. With, so the other group the are getting ready to ready to meet the Khan, but um, Tagana's up to his old tricks before before the whole Khan meeting. He's like, look, why did you send Ian? Do you trust him? You know, like he, he's going to steal the TARDIS, and you know they don't actually they don't support the whole wedding thing. Like, I goes, what do you mean they don't support the wedding thing? I go, well, none of them do. And he asks Barbara and Susan if they, no, and Ian doesn't either. No. Forced marriage, no. Forced marriage, God, no. And Marco's very angry. He's like, right, Tagana, get after him. I don't trust him. They now all meet the great calm. Hmm. They kind of all go into this big hall and they have a lot of arguing before the Khan comes in with the Khan's associates saying, you must all kneel. And the doctor's like, I can't kneel. Are you, are you an idiot, young man? Look at me, I'm old oh, and I can't do anything. You will kneel or you will die. It's like, oh, I'll try then. He's proper antagonising all these people with swords. Out comes the Khan and they all get down, but the doctor goes, oh, my back, and he can't yeah. properly do it. It's like, why aren't you kneeling? It's like, uh, I am old, I have grout, I would not be doing this if I could, you idiot, to the great, you know, Khan, oh. Kubla Khan. The Khan finds it amusing because he's hobbled out with his own grout and stuff going, oh, I'm old. They have a bit of a... A bit of, they have a bit of a comedy act here. It's interesting. You think they just like, off with his head, but it's like, huh, interesting. Another of my kind. Another old person. They have a bit of a, a bit of a joke. Um, the doctor's just like, I'm not bowing anymore. I can't do this. I'm getting up. You know. He says, we shall ride to. The guard says, we were all going to head off to Peking. The doctor says, I can't do any more riding. I'm not that. I'll not go. He says, very well. You shall ride with me in my carriage. And off and they, they hobble. Stop, they, they hobble together in each other's hands, going, oh, everyone's and laughing, and, stuff, and Susan has a good laugh. Yeah, I'm sad we missed that in terms of filming and stuff. All we could yes. see, yeah, it looked quite funny. It's, he, he made he made uh, made good friends with a great warlord very very quickly. <laughs> he seems to do that. He does seem to do that. Um, I don't really know how. He was a proper. He wasn't very friendly. Maybe that's what the Khan liked. Now, back in the back in the back in the down, yes. back down the road, we've got Ian, Pink Joe, Monkey Man with his eye pouch is stolen the TARDIS and they found is, him. He's walking along with the TARDIS. Oh. Suddenly, Ian appears. With his sword. Yes. Like, We've well, got you now, man with the monkey. But Tagana shows up. Dun dun dun. Uh, Holds a sword on Ian. And that is the cliffhanger. So sick of Tagana. Yeah. I am. There's a lot of this. He turns up, does something. Oh, God. I am. I'm sick of him. Now, we've got a bit of a controversial, not controversial, but a bit of a, a, bit of a note on this is um, the, the actors. Yes. Throughout this entire story, I think there's only two. Actors who are speaking part who are Asian. 
The rest are all Pink Joe um, and, and a the official courier who appeared in this episode. Oh yeah, it's a big part. Yes, the jolly fat man, the various aides, uh, Tagana himself, Kublai Khan. They are all white people with uh, tape on their eyes. God, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Really, yeah. You're kind of bad. looking at it because quality's not great. Going, is that is that what I think it is? And then, oh god, at, it, is. it kind of developed as a thing over the course of the episode. You're going, okay, I suppose there might be like a the odd white person around, I guess. <laughs> and then you start realizing every single person, <laughs> even when they go, that's a Mongol there. <laughs> Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not great. I mean, what, one of the notes is, um, like Warris was saying, spoken in a few about it, is they kind of really struggled with this at the time because there just weren't many um, Asian, East Asian actors at that time that they were able to get for the roles. Because um, they tried with the costumes and the sets and whatnot to be authentic, but you know, they just kind of struggled at that point. Fair enough. You got um, any, uh, any more notes or bits and bobs for this? Now, this one is a very interesting fact. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So, when Ian and Marco are discussing the Crusades, mm-hmm. Marco is wearing a blue top. Oh, God, it's one of these ones, isn't it? One of these ones. Which is a prop later reused during the Doctor Who story, The Crusades. Okay. That's which is like, No, no, it's not, because... It's lovely. Well done. Because you could, in theory, say that he... Because the Crusades are set 100 years before, as a story, they, it's a, like an antique from that story. Okay, it's not though. It's just it's not like, BBC budget. It's just, it's just, yeah. BBC budget. So, move on. Mm. Okay, so we're going to move on to episode 7. Episode 7 episode. is The Assassin at Peking. I wonder what this episode will be about. Right. The mighty warlord kill a child as well. He's in my way as you are. It's a matter for the great cop. And take us to Shang too. This is important to me, sir. You see, win or lose, you can have it all back again. You will not believe this, but I swear it's true. They're playing backgammon for your caravan. What did you hope to gain? He wanted to force you to let him return to Venice. Grandfather, do you mean to say Tagana's going to assassinate the car? Exactly. No guy's army is marching on Peking. Those who rise against us will be humbled. Okay. So, Tagana and Ian are about to fight with swords. That's how a clash. A clash of the titans. But then, a guard appears from... Kublai Khan. Kublai Khan. And he says, I'm here to help out. It's actually Ling Tao, apparently. Oh, good old Ling Tao. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the point is, is he's on... He's a named character, but he's we haven't seen him He's a named character, but we haven't before. seen him before. No, he, seemed, he, he knows Tagana, and he has seen these guys before. He says, oh, you're part of Marco's party. But he shows up and kind of stops the... The yes. kind of escalation of this. Carlo um, decides not to kill them again. Yes, he says, he says, Stop! The monkey guy runs. The monkey guy, yes, he gets stabbed by a guard. So, he doesn't know who to believe, this this, um, this Ling Tao. He says, like, Let's just take you over to, you know, the Kabla Khan. They can deal with it. Obviously, he's like, he doesn't want to go against Tagana because he's a warlord, an honourable warlord with a reputation, apparently. Um, exactly. Now, back in the. This is the Peking. Peking now. Uh, Doc and the Khan are playing um, backgammon. Yes, they're gambling away. Gambling and the Doctor is winning. He is. He's trouncing him. He is. He's up horses. Land. That sounds a bit dodgy out of context. He is. <laughs> he is one horses from the Khan. The Khan. Yep. And falcons and territories mm-hmm. and all sorts. Because he's a bit of a gambler. At this point, the Doctor says, "This is all you worthless. It's all worthless. Yeah. Don't want any who, stuff. Who wants any of this stuff?" I want my TARDIS. I'll play you for my TARDIS. Because I can't do that. I haven't even seen mm. this yet, and it's a gift. 
He says, oh, very well. And they play. And outside, Barbara, Susan, and and Marco. Marco says, oh, that sly old fox. He's playing for the TARDIS. Susan's like, oh, he'll win. He'll win, my grandfather. Uh, Barbara says, but the thing is, you'll still, you'll still get your freedom. Yes, and, we'll all get to go home. And we'll all get to go home. It'll be great. And Doctor wanders out and goes, I've lost. I've lost. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost everything. He's given me some money as a bit of a concession, but alas. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, that was our last right. chance. Last chance, yeah. But anyway, Ian, Pincho, and Tagana return. Ian is being held responsible. Pincho gets out of it because she's her... Her soon-to-be husband asks the Khan to give leniency. Um, but Ian has been charged with trying to steal the TARDIS, which is obviously ridiculous. But um, it's kind of fallen to him. So he goes, look, Marco, Tagana is evil. Blah, 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 blah. And Marco goes, I don't believe you. And she goes, but there was two of us there. He says, yes, but there won't be two of you because you're not even going to be standing trial. So there's one of you. I'm like, no, but there was still two of them there. Why don't you believe them? Yeah. He's like, no. I think he's a bit more suspicious now. But he's still, he's like, no, I can't do anything. Sorry, bye. Along those lines. Um... Tagana, now he's back, is proper doing his usual thing. He's with the car and he's saying, you do realise this isn't the first time the TARDIS has been attempted to be stolen? Yes. I goes, what? What do you mean? How many other attempts have there? Well, several. Why have you not told me about these? That I was Marco things. who decided not to. So Marco gets in trouble. Yes. And Marco has to basically finally admit that he took the TARDIS unjustly. Mm. He didn't take it in the Khan's name for good reason. It was for a, you know, a... Uh, a selfish reason, so that the Khan would hopefully let him go. And the Khan says, huh, no, <laughs> not doing that. You've angered me now, you've got to earn back my trust. You'll, I'll not be releasing you from servitude. Um, so Marco doesn't get to her home, and neither do the Doc and Co. So it's a bad, bad day for everyone. That was the end. That was the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode, <laughs> and we're stuck in the past now for yeah. the next five series. Till we get to the Monday, in which he's at the Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, so it's... It's not great. Not great news for anyone, really. Ian's kind of a bit screwed. The rest of them are all stuck there. And Marco Polo's like, you know, he's angered to the Khan. Tagana's having a great time. So. Yeah. However, the Khan does not mm. trust Tagana, he says. And we will have guards watching you as well, Tagana. Tagana says, why? He says, because uh, you're, you're way with words. You're a manipulative. The TARDIS team, they are obviously, in, they are visiting Ian in prison. Well, it's not really in prison. It's kind of in prison in a room. Yeah, with a guard outside. Quite a fancy room. Yeah, it's quite a fancy room. Um, they've helped to theorise what Tagana was up to at this point. And the only conclusion they can come up with is that he's here to assassinate the Khan. I can think of many reasons, but that is the number one... Assassinate. <laughs> yes. So, they break Ian out. They go, we need to go tell Marco. Well, they need to, they need to go stop him, actually. Said, Screw Marco, he's not listening to us. But on the way there, they run into Marco. He goes, what are you doing out? And they said, look... Tagana's going to kill the Khan. He's like, don't talk rubbish. And then a load of other troops come down mm. the corridor and go, the, the, the army's warlord. here. The, the warlord. warlord that Tagana works for, his army is on its way here. Oh, they obviously like, think <gasps> the Khan's going to be dead. Yeah. He's this like, is two oh. sources now. He's like, hmm. Mm. So he charges in into the, uh, the private room. meeting between the Khan and uh, Tagana. Tagana pulls out his sword and is about to kill the Khan when... Marco Polo arrives. And they have a dashing sword fight that we don't get to, to see. see. There's, a few, there's a few different sort of um, screenshots they try and vary a little bit to yeah, make it look more interesting, which is I mean, okay. they do the, you know, the best oh, they yeah, can. Oh, yeah, they do the best they can, yeah. There's quite a few pictures of it. It's just one of those things that sword fight is. It's a very visual affair. And, yeah. In the end, Marco wins. And Marco wins, is yeah. defeated. And then, yeah, about to discuss what to do with him. Um, Tagama grabs a sword and kills himself. Four episodes too late. My <laughs> it all kind of it's all pretty quick actually at this point, isn't it? Because um, yeah, it's all quite late in the story. 
Marco gives the team the, t- the keys. He's quick go. Yeah, really like sort of when it's all chaos and says, "All right, get out of here." So they literally go straight running in. They get straight in and off they go. It starts to disappear. He goes, sorry about giving your gift away, Khan, but you know I, I, I needed to. Um, Khan doesn't seem too angry. He's just had his life yeah, saved, so he's got a bit of leeway at this point. Hmm. And this is the first episode where there's no lead into the next one. Yeah, this is kind of where it ends. The poor Marco is still trapped. Yep, still trapped. Pink Charles had has had a break. Her Actually, husband yes. just died. Over. On, so she's very happy. They went, oh, we're so sorry, your husband's dead. She's like, she said, yes. oh, I didn't know this love, so I'm not too sad. Yeah. And so she's okay. She's got her pen ending. And our heroes, they kind of head to disappear and it kind of fades to a starry night. And um, future Marco's voice reminiscing. Marco says, they could be in the future, the past. You know, we won't know where we are. And that's the end of the episode. It's quite a good ending. So it doesn't end on a cliffhanger. So no, there is a gap, a nice big finish gap here. <laughs> to get stories. Tell you what, I will load up a list of Doctor Who stories set in that gap between okay. this and the next episode. Um, so between these, this story and the next story, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Sorcerer's Apprentice, which is a missing adventure. Between Times, which is a Titan comic. An IDW comic called The Forgotten. Go than that. Doctor Who magazine, Who Discovered America. Uh, a Short Trip, The Ruins of Time. A Short Trip, Tell Me You Love Me. A Big Finish Early Adventure, The Age of Endurance, a The Many Lives of Doctor Who, The Path of Skulls, and a flashback of Susan and Barbara in Tragedy Day. All okay. takes place there. I think there might be a couple more. Fair enough. That is quite a few. Quite yeah. a few in this gap. Yes, they dumped it all in there. I mean, yes. can't blame them, I suppose. Yeah, any gap. Any gap, in. chuck them in. That's kind of the rule, Doctor I'm Who. Surprised there, I'm surprised there isn't more in Marco Polo when he's in a tent somewhere. And they just, I don't know. <laughs> Because it, you know? yeah. it was a five-month story. They just never mention it. Yeah. So there we go. That is was episode seven, Assassin at Peking. Was episode seven, Assassin um, at Peking. Yeah, I, I. That's an overall kind of comment of the whole seven episodes. Hashes. He got kicked on his hash. Oh dear. He got his hash handed to him. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Over overall, that's an overall comment. Sorry, I should stop these ones. I'm making a hash of myself. Overall, over the last seven episodes, I've got like an overall comment that's a um. You know, the sets and costumes and stuff, they do look, you know, very colourful and a lot, well, a, a lot more budget than what we've seen before, I suppose. So it is a shame that it's um, it's all lost, visually. Probably because it's been behind the scenes things and the uh, the cast, you know, the um, cast and crew of the sets, you know, are all yeah. colourful and stuff. And even the fact that it's pack of mine, it's a, it's a shame, really, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Do you okay. have any other notes? I do not. I'll have, oh, have a check on... In the storeroom, um, Marco Paolo... No. Part two of interesting facts. Marco Polo has a robe on, which is later the properties are used and worn by the Celestial Toymaker. Oh, um, how exciting. Well, could he even say, Celestial Toymaker, like the games, that the car lost it in a game of backgammon? I Celestial don't think you can say anything of the sort. I think you could say that. The daughter says in this story that he has not met in this car, but there's a book later that's set prior to this in the timeline that says he has. Time and relative. Time and relative. That's I that's the, okay. So that's the something contradicts him. Um, the fact that he's already this was he after the episode it. written. I'm assuming. Yes. Someone just came in and inserted a little crap shat all over the story. No way. And that's it for me for uh, notes. Oh, one more. In the target novelization version of the story, it is the Doctor who comes up with the idea of chucking the bamboo on the fire, as opposed to Ian. And he says, and I quote, "It is a good plan to bamboozle." The enemy. Oh. oh, I'm not putting that in. <laughs> so, 
the next segment is what hasn't held up well at the time. We're not going to go into too much information on this because we can't judge it that well considering we don't can't have the... Yeah, we can't see it and also we don't have the original stuff. But from what we can tell, the thing that just definitely does not stand up to time is the, the whole acting situation. The yes. not acting, the cast, the casting. Um, for whatever reason, it's... Not only did they choose to have white actors, but they then decided to sellotape their eyes hmm. to make it look like they were Chinese. And they all had funny accents. Yeah, the accents were awful. It's yeah, it was offensive on many levels, but it was it was not great. It's definitely that's the, the standout thing of what has not had a well of time is that because it's um, shame because I don't think the episode in itself is stereotypical or an offensive. No, story. it's not actually. To be fair, it's mostly the casting. Um, well, then again, yeah, I mean, so I think we'll move on from that section because that's. Um, yeah, so I haven't got to, can't really tell. Yeah, can't really tell. So, would you like to ask me about my overall rating? I would. What are your thoughts on the plot slash writing of this episode? Um, I'm probably going to give it a six. Okay, why six? Well, for a seven-parter, it was okay. Um, There was kind of a bit going on in each sort of story. It's like, this is one with the desert, this is the one with this, one with the jungle. Um... But it, it's lost a few points for the entire antagonist part of it and protagonist. It was they needed to, it was yeah it was awful that part of it. So it was it was okay, but it wasn't great. It could have, it could have been a lot better with maybe minimal effort of adding changing a bit of the way they revealed that Tagana was a bad guy. Well, they had another kind of bad guy earlier on, and they had put a twist or something. It was just it was dragged on way too long that bit. Um, but yeah, your thoughts on the acting talent. I could give that an 8, actually. Okay. It's definitely the strongest so far. Because um, usually the reason I drop it down is because of Susan. Because um, she'll be, you know, very childish or very sort of completely at odds with the other characters. Where in this one, she wasn't. She was with Ping Cho, who kind of helped her grow up a bit more. Ping Cho was a very good addition to this. Marco Polo was fun. And um, Tigana was annoying, but he played the part as well as one could, given the material he was given with. Um yeah, I thought it was, you know, the main cast turned up, it was it was good. Alien slash villain of the week. A three. A three? A three, yeah, because this is, the whole alien villain of the week is Tigana, basically. Um, yeah, it was just far too, far too much to use one person like that with no character other than the fact that I need to kill Marco for seven episodes and drag it out like that. Mm-hmm. There was no real... It's almost like they were like, oh, hang on a minute, do we need a villain? We really should just put one in and just kind of dump the boilerplate villain in and just stretch it out. It, it was, yeah, not good. Was it a good character episode? It was. I'm going to give that one probably a seven. Um, Susan got a lot to do here, rather than usual. Um, she had a good bit of character development here. I think she probably grew up a little bit as well, but she um, she she had a good friendship and, yeah, it was good. The Doctor even had a bit of character development. He um, He's moved from want to leave every single person to maybe we should try and find them hmm. um yeah and ian has some good stuff as well with you know with marco i think they everyone had their bit of time to shine and it's moved them all they're definitely a bit more of a unit um now than they ever were you kind of see them gelling a bit more so yeah it was good special effects slash monster prosthetics Ooh, this was a bit tricky considering we couldn't i mean i'm going to base it purely off of sound effects and these screenshots that we did see and i'm probably going to give it a seven it does look like the sets did look good. Um, they had a lot of the sets and they looked in decent condition and things looked quite good. But again, it is, it is tricky to tell. So I'm going to give that one a seven. Okay. okay. So time for your overall rating. 
What do you think of the plot slash writing of the episode? A seven. A seven? Hmm. How so? Well, for me, part of, um, similar to you, part of the things I struggled with was, um, probably, I suppose, pacing, especially with Live with the Villain, is, is quite repetitive, but in a way, I think part of the reason I've scored it high is the fact that it ties into the Marco Polo's journals quite a lot and draws mm-hmm. from it. Um, even so, that almost seems that the whole repetitive structure of Degana's the villain, oh, Marco doesn't believe him, it kind of feels a bit more of a casing to to add some of these these things in. Go, okay, let's do one in the in the scene sands, let's do some at a cave, you know, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, but like you say, there's there's kind of good good character moments in which is kind of what you're there for. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about acting talent? Well, I feel good. Um, the main cast are on point, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just got a good good amount to do. I think everyone kind of shines in their little character moments. Yeah, I think even the, the all the guest cast are good, really. Yeah, well, what rating would you give it? A seven. A seven. Okay. Alien slash villain of the week. A four. Okay. Yes, four. it was quite it was quite repetitive, but mm-hmm. I thought you're not as harsh as me. <laughs> no, I, uh, I think he. He held up as well as he could compared to the weight of having to be the antagonist for seven stories. Yeah. We have no character development at no all. No character development at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, good character episode, development, etc. A seven. A seven. How so? Susan's got more to do. She does. Everyone's kind of got a little bit of a snippet of stuff there were moments to do, which is quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, I do kind of feel, though, with it, the... If it was shorter, I feel like it would be more concentrated of good stuff and you'd give it a higher rating because it's spread out. You have whole episodes where the Doctor's missing, which isn't their fault, really. You have whole episodes kind of where Barbara doesn't do much and then episodes where she does a lot and then it kind of could do it a bit smooth out. Sure. How about special effects slash monster prosthetics? I'll give this one an eight. I think I'll give it a high for the sets of special Mm -hmm. effects and things. But I also wanted to give it a bit more for the for the work put in by fans to recreate it. Oh, and put a bit very nice. Because when you're watching it, you've got a second-hand recording of the sound. You've got someone's p- taking some pictures behind the scenes. And then the fans come along and taken one and the other and combined them with d- description, worked out behind the scenes, they've colourised it, you know, worked out what was happening, wrote it from the script in, and that sort of thing. It kind of feels like you're watching the episode, but someone's turned the frame rate down, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the fact that we gotta watch it in that state without, you know, otherwise we'd have to read the script or just yeah. listen to the sound. But instead, we kind of get something that feels more like an actual episode. Mm. Okay. So that's the end of everything to do with um, Marco Polo. It's Marco Polo. It's Marco Polo. Enjoyed it. Mm. Yes. Marco Polo. <laughs> so, next story is next The Keys up. of Marinus. Keys of Marinus. This is nice. six episodes long. Keys of Marinus. Yes. Not next. Much, not much. Not much we know. Not much we know. Not much I know. We I did. know there's the Vord in it. Vord. Vord. But yes, that's that's Desiccated recording, so we'll stop there. Anyway. Right. Thanks so, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for hanging in there. This is These a very long one. Six plus episodes. Seven. Seven. <laughs> Seven episodes rather than six. Okay. Right, we'll see you next time, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.